ladies and gentlemen, we're just moments away. That's the biggest night in the history of this great organization. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Hey, yo. Smart marks. What's a smart mark? A mark with a high IQ. Back in town, and we ain't in town to mess around. To be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, whoo, right here, I'm the man. That's hard time. Yeah. And what they're gonna do when Hulkamania in the largest part of the world runs wild on you? Rest in peace. You just made the list! It's heating up here! There's a slop drop! I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're the man, what the rock is cooking! Two, a slot drop. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the slot drop. This is Nathan Rogers at Woo Pig Sumo on Twitter, and tonight we are joined by the one and only Diamond David Lee Chapman. What's up, DC? Hey, man, how's it going? Pleasure to be here, man. Thank you so much. Good to have you. Let's kick it off with some National Wrestling Alliance NWA commentators Joe Galley and Jim Cornette open the show. Jim Cornette, love him, hate him, despise him, whatever. Politics aside, this fits Jim Cornette to a T, and he did a great job. Oh, absolutely. Man, this is, this is Jim Cornette's alley. He, uh, he nailed it on commentary. He, uh, he's, just, he's great at what he does. You know, and kind of like you, you know, politics aside, this dude is a wrestling god. And uh, it was awesome being able to listen to him and watch him. David Marquez interviewed NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis, who calls out our good friend Tim Storm, who they'll main event the show later on. We see the Dawsons over Sal Renaro and Billy Buck. Wasn't really familiar with uh, Sal or Billy, but uh, they go down in a blaze of glory. Dawsons get over with a combo sandwich forward splash type maneuver. We see Galley interview Eli Drake, who says he's coming for all the gold in NWA. Eli Drake, man. Great pickup for NWA. Good on the mic. Good in the ring. I think they said, yeah. 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 Let me talk to you. Well, he's a crowd favorite, too. You know, he, he had that crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. He's a great athlete. They really, really scored big picking him up. Speaking of the Eli Drake, he goes over Caleb Conley after hitting the gravy train for the pinfall. Wasn't familiar with Caleb Conley either, but he looked great. Yeah, I, me neither. I didn't. I've never really seen any of his stuff, but he put on a, an amazing show, um, and I think he's one that we're going to have to watch because I think he's really going to do great. Uh, see a video, of Tim Storm saying that he'll never challenge for the NWA Heavyweight Title again if he loses. Uh, Joe Cephas comes out looking for Storm. Cornette says Tim Storm wasn't there; he'd be there later on the show. James Storm then comes out and says he's the only Storm that Joe Cephas needs to worry about leading to them brawling. Again, another great pickup, James Storm, their North American champion. 
another uh, familiar face and another great talent. I like James Storm a lot. I think he'll do great with this company. I didn't really care for the segment that he was involved in uh, on the show this week. But uh, if they book him right and use him right, I think they'll, they'll go far with him. The NWA Tag Team Champions, the Wild Cards, Thomas Latimer and Royce Isaac Latimer. I think he was Bram in Impact. Uh, yeah. they, they beat Danny White and Mims. Wasn't familiar with those guys either. Non-title match. Uh, they interviewed right after the match. And then Eddie Kingston Homicide come out. Yeah, that actually surprised me, uh, seeing them guys come out and, uh, and do their little interview with them. Um, it was, it was a great overall match. Again, uh, I was, I was really impressed with the whole NWA show. Um, certain things I didn't really care about, but, uh, but the tag team, they definitely did a great job. Uh, during all this, James Storm and Josefa come back, Josephus comes back out brawling, end up in the ring. Storm nails a super kick on Josephus and pins him in about 10 seconds. See another video of Aldis building up the Aldis versus Tim Storm match. Where uh, Tim talks about his 94 year old mom and how much the NWA title means to him, and then we get the uh, the main event NWA World's Title Championship match: Nick Aldis with Camille versus Tim Storm. Aldis retains. Uh, Storm hit a perfect storm. Aldis kicks out. Storm went for a vertical suplex. Aldis countered with a cradle uh, for the win. Storm will never get another chance for the NWA World's Title again. I know uh, you also know Tim personally. And uh, we're not just saying this for the show. This guy is one of the classiest men you'll ever meet. Such a great guy, Tim Storm. The former NWA heavyweight champion, Tim Storm. Always a pleasure with you guys, man. Uh, love what you do. Love the broadcast. Love everything you guys do. And this, this was a great night. I love being in the ring. So I'm making everyone count right now. He, man, Tim is the ultimate baby face in this business. Everything that he says out there in the ring is genuine. Uh, he's just a great, great human being. Um, this match between uh, Nick Aldis and Tim Storm, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a diehard fan just like you are, and this match kept me going. I thoroughly enjoyed the main event, and they, those two guys nailed it. They, uh, they were both great in the ring. They're both great talents, and uh, I, I just really enjoyed watching that match. They had the near falls. I was really getting into it. Um, I, I can't say enough good about that match. You know, you speak of the near falls. These were different. Like – one of my criticisms for uh, New Japan, AEW, and NXT is there are so many false false finishes, so many near falls. You see the you see the Bucks do a Canadian Destroyer off a ladder through a table, and somebody kicks out. That's too much, man. But these near falls they they made sense. Absolutely, you know, and I agree. You know, whenever you have guys going out there doing these high impact, just brutal, brutal moves, and you still got the you still got the opponents kicking out. And then you've got a finisher, per se, just as an example, which is a super kick, right? If you just power bomb somebody <laughs> through a table and they're kicking out, there's no reason they should be right. getting the three count with a super kick. However, Tim and Nick, man, every every move they did was just coordinated perfectly. They worked well together. And honestly, I was actually surprised to see Nick go over. Um, I think Tim Storm's got a huge future, and I'm anxious to see how the storyline picks up and where it takes them. I have a very hard time believing that that's the last time Tim Storm will, will wrestle for that title. Well, kudos to Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana, everybody at NWA who made that happen because I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to next week. I was going to say I enjoyed it. Um, there was a few things that, that took me by surprise. Uh, the biggest thing that I think they're going to have a problem with there 
I loved the uh, the the old school look. I love the fact that they cut a promo and then walked to the ring. Um, I, I like how all that was the old you know NWA that you used to watch on Saturday nights. It fit. It went really well. The problem I think they're going to have though is that that's just not how it is today. So your older fans are going to enjoy that type, um, but I think it's going to be hard getting a weekly TV deal to stay if uh, if they don't do some updates because the newer, the younger kids, the younger generation aren't used to that. You know, the only thing they've ever had is the WWE with the pyro, the music, and all the all the big gimmicks. They don't have the just old school wrestling that me and you kind of grew up with. Um, and I think that's I think it's going to be hard for them to maintain a good uh, draw without yeah. doing some kind of updates. I, I do agree with that. But the only thing I, I hope the saving grace is going to be that it's different and it's unique. And that might draw some of the some of the newer fans or younger fans. Uh, I hope so, because, I, I like I said, I enjoyed it and I hope we can see more of it. Absolutely. I'll, I'll give them credit. The crowd that they have, man, was hot. That crowd ate into every match and really got involved. Um, and so that's always good to see because you see even people on like Raw and stuff like that. You know, you got fans that during the matches will sit down and they're just quiet. You can hear crickets and that's a shame. Um, so these guys really did keep it going and kept the, kept the crowd fired up. And I hope they can continue to do it. Speaking of hot crowds, AEW Dynamite. First match, uh, the Tag Team Championship Tournament, first round, private party beats the Young Bucks. Uh, Matt Jackson gets rolled up and pinned, uh, knocking the Bucks out of the tournament. I, I like this. It was a good action-packed match. Uh, the Bucks rarely eat a pin. It's good to see that they did this. It puts private party over. And the move that private party uses, of course, they didn't They didn't use it for the pin, but they kind of do like a Hurricane Rana into a, a diamond cutter. That is awesome, man. I like to see them use that as their finisher more often. I think Private Party is going to go far in AEW. I'm like you though. I I don't. You don't usually see the Young Bucks take a clean one like that, um, and it surprised me. I really, whenever I started watching it, you know, I just knew I was like, well, the Young Bucks are going to go over. And uh, when Private Party came out on top, it really surprised me. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from the Young Bucks. I like the Young Bucks. I, I'm a huge supporter of them. But I think Private Party is going to be the one to watch. I like Private Party. I think Private Party is exactly what the WWE was hoping the Street Profits would be. Street Profits are great in you know for in ring action. They're good wrestlers, but man, their their gimmicks just are so annoying to me. Backstage uh, with their cups and just hollering, and it just that gets old to me. Maybe I'm just I, I getting agree. to be an old man. No, I agree, man. You know, the first time I saw them, I thought, oh, that's kind of unique, you know, and I thought, well, everybody's going to get their their time to shine, their little segment from NXT on Raw every week. Maybe they'll bring somebody else up to kind of talk. Um, but then they started really using them guys almost weekly, and, uh, and I'm like you. I, the gimmick got old quick, and I just it wasn't enjoyable anymore. It's not their fault. I think it's just overexposure. The WWE just ran them to the ground and, and are still doing it. I wish they would lay off and let the guys work. Oh, man, and that's one thing, I, you know, after we get, get through this, I do want to talk about is, is the WWE, the booking, the creative. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but I'll definitely hit on that here a little bit. Jericho then cuts a promo with his new faction called Inner Circle. Not sure the, the name hasn't grown on me yet. It makes me think of the old Cops Bad Boy song because Inner Circle actually performed that. But the fans started chanting, We the People, for Jake Hager and Jericho. Speaking of WWF or WWE, and bad creative, Jericho scolds the crowd and says that was a bad creative idea and it's dead and buried. Uh, Jericho continues to throw a little shade at the WWE. 
and then uh, puts down the Rhodes family to get some heat. Man, kudos to Jericho. That that promo was an A plus promo. He went out there and and he controlled that crowd. Um, you know, the We the People chant. Honestly, I was a fan of it. You know, I thought, man, that was a perfect gimmick for him. Unfortunately, the WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call them, did not push Hager like they should have. They didn't book him like they should have. And I'm really hoping AEW capitalizes on it because I think he's a tremendous, tremendous talent. A, a, a legit. Uh... Uh, collegiate wrestler and could have been a huge star in WWE. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and the fact that they've got him working with a legend like Jericho is just awesome. So Jericho went out there, the crowd, the crowd tried to chant the, we, the people thing and shut, uh, them down. shut them down quick. And you know, the thing about it was the thing about the crowd that I liked so much is they were involved and they were like, man, you know what? That is a WWE thing. We're not going to do it anymore. He played the crowd right into the palm of his hand and got what he wanted out of it, and he didn't hear that chant the rest of the night. When you let one of the, the guys that that is pure talented do their own stuff, they're going to take more pride in it, and they're going to it's just going to be better all the way around instead of reading a scripted promo that somebody else wrote for them. Absolutely. You know, guys like Jericho, you know, you look back in the day at Austin, Rock, uh, Jericho, all these guys that, that were just nothing but talent on that mic. Man, that's what the WWE needs to do. You've got a handful of guys out there that can talk. Give them the mic and let them go out there and speak from the heart, and that's when you're going to get your best promos. Uh, number one contenders match, Darby Allen goes over Jimmy Havoc. Darby will now face Jericho next week uh, for the title. A, a lot of people don't like Havoc or, or Darby Allen. Um, I'm still on the fence about Jimmy Havoc. I, I really do like Darby Allen. I know he's not huge. He's not muscular. He's not big. I know he uses a skateboard occasionally. But – Man, he sells his rear off, and the way he looks at the camera and the fans sometimes, uh, I, I I like the guy. And, uh, of course, he's not going to beat Jericho next week, but I, I still like the dude, I'm, and I'm glad that they're putting him in that spotlight to give him a little – some extra eyes to see. You know, I, I, I agree. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Darby Allen, but he has really impressed me with what I have seen. He can plus, sell – Plus, plus, he sh- gave us a shout-out before Slop Drop. Hello, this is Darby Allen, and you're listening to Slop Drop. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all major podcast platforms. Well, there you go. There you go. That makes <laughs> it worth it. But he can sell. He's good in the ring. Um, and you know what? Yeah, he, his size leaves a little bit to the imagination. But a lot of people don't rem- remember that Chris Jericho in WCW was in the cruiserweight division. He was not a heavyweight. Yeah. And, you know, look where he's well, look where he went with WWE and now AEW. I mean, he's just a superstar. And so I, I think Darby Allen in the long run, he may end up doing really well for himself and becoming a real big name. I'm like you. I don't see him defeating Chris Jericho next week. But the fact that they're willing to push him and at least put him in that spot, makes me believe that uh, that the creative has a little bit of backing form and, and trust with him. I look, if they ever create a mid-card title, like Intercontinental title or U.S. title, TV title, something like that, I could see him, you know, being one of the top guys for that division. Oh, absolutely. I would love to see a TV title come back. But, yes, Darby Allen, I think, would, would be perfect for that spot. Then see Riho and Dr. Britt Baker uh, defeat Emmy Sakura, Sakura <clears throat> and uh, – B Priestley, 
Uh, I think that's how you say their names. Uh, <laughs> I think Britt Baker is was one of the most talented females in, in AEW. However, I think overall they got a lot of work to do in their women's division. Uh, say what you want about WWE, their women's roster is is just top notch. So I like Britt Baker. I like the story. I, oh, I do too. I think she's probably the, the ta- most talented person on their roster, or female on the roster. Now, uh, man, I, and it pains me to say this, but Rio, or Rio, or however you say it, uh-huh. I'm not a fan. I watched her match last night, and I've watched a few of the other ones. And I hear you. You know, she does. The, the thing that got me was selling, and, and anybody in the business can tell you, if you if you want to master anything, it's how you sell moves. Is that when you can look somebody out in the face, loud in the audience, and get them to believe that you're actually getting hurt? That's when you got them. And Riho just doesn't have it. She over dramatizes everything and really just escalates it all to where it's almost I don't want to say cartoonish or childish, but it's just too much. It's yeah. not believable. No, I agree, and I know she's been wrestling since she's nine. You can look it up on YouTube. She's, you know, a little girl in the ring, even with Kenny Omega back, you know, however long ago that was. I, But I, I, I agree, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Sometimes the timing is just off. It's just not as polished as you see in NXT or Raw or SmackDown. Um, yeah, the AEW's got a lot I, I don't of money with their women. With their women's division, they they need a lot of work. Um, I think they've got talent there. Um, I think they really need to need to get uh, their producers or whoever to help focus on them and work with them. Because, um, like you said, you know, I, you're not WWE right now. Um, they've got they've got an A plus A plus women's division. They've got a lot of good workers there. They've transitioned a lot, you know, from back in the Attitude area when it was all about looks and and uh, you know, what you can do for the business to where now they're getting out there and you've got people like Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, man, that are just, you know, they're a plus they're, they're a hundred percent. They are, you know, not to steal her catchphrase, but she's the man. And, uh, Finley has a, has a lot to do with that. He's, he's really developed that to what it is now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Almost all the credit goes to fit. He is, uh, that's something that he's taken a lot of pride in and, uh, and he has just hit a home run with it. And that's where AEW really needs to concentrate. They need to find somebody that can go in there and change this women's division like he did for the WWE. Since he, the best friends talk about next week's tournament uh, match against SCU, Orange <clears throat> Cassidy sitting in the crowd gives them a thumbs up. Orange Cassidy is really over with a lot of people right now, but he's not really over yet. I love it, man. I, and as much as I hate to say it, I absolutely love it. The if, problem, the problem they're going to have is making it a weekly thing, though. Yeah. You know, if he if he'll do something other than barely touch somebody back and forth, <laughs> I might be about it. But right now, I'm just if somebody, if I'm in a realistically, if I'm in a ring or a cage or whatever with somebody, and our goal is to fight each other and and to win. If he's standing there with his hands in his pockets and, and pretends he's kicking my shit, I'm going to lay him out right off the bat. I'm not going to play with him, you know. It's still real to me, damn it! AEW is supposed to be more realistic, more sports-themed. And, again, if, if they can somehow work this guy in to, to fit that picture they're painting, hey, I might be all about it, but I haven't seen that yet. And I'll probably catch some heat over some Orange Cassidy fans. And that's fine. But uh, and, and it's a cool gimmick. It's it's entertaining. But again, how's it's it a good. Compete? 
it's a great gimmick for the indie scene, you know, where it's not being exposed all the time, but it's getting just enough exposure on YouTube and stuff that people know it and they, they expect it and they love it when they see it on a weekly basis. I don't think it's going to work. And see John Moxley defeat Sean Spears pack or pock or however they're saying it. I'm going to say pack. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll change to pock. They, they call them both. Now, he said in a commentary and talks about not getting the opportunities he deserves. Uh, the match has a lot of interference by Tully Blanchard Moxley gets the win after the match. Omega comes out with a uh, barbed wire baseball bat and a barbed wire uh, broom, uh, tosses Moxley the bat, and then uh, Pac comes up behind him and nails him with a chair, kind of runs that segment. So I don't know if they're going for a three-way here. It kind of seems that way. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think the three of them will work well together. I'm not a huge Pac, Pac fan, Pac fan, whatever. Um, he Don't get me wrong. He's got tremendous talent. He's just – He's not a guy that I sit back and go, man, I can't wait to see him. I just, uh, I wasn't a fan of, you know, a huge fan of his in the WWE. He still hasn't won me over. He's got great athletic ability, but he's just not for me a fan favorite. Um, the, the broom wrapped in barbed wire really threw me off. I kind of chuckled at it. And it's just not something that you see all the time. Well, he was known uh, as the cleaner in Japan. Well, and that, I guess that would, that makes a little bit more sense. And as that kind of puts it together, um, I'm, I hope the three of them, if that's the way they're going, I hope the three of them can work really well together. The problem is each one of them stand out on their own. Each one of them have their own talents. And I'm worried that putting the three of them together is going to take away from each one of them. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara uh, defeat Dustin Rhodes and Adam Hangman Page. Jericho pins Rhodes with the Judas Effect <clears throat> after a little bit of interference from Jake Hager. Hager and uh, Paige Brawl, even Jericho and Guevara to uh, beat Dustin down two-on-one. All of a sudden, the lights go out. Cody appears, uh, makes the save, takes out Guevara, but then is attacked by Santana and Ortiz. MJF shows up with a chair. Teases that he might hit Cody, but then he attacks the, the inner circle. Jericho takes out MJF, and then the Bucks make the save. Jericho tried to leave. Then Darby Allen comes out on the skateboard and uh, attacks him. Good guy stand in the ring to end the show. Uh, Jericho tells Darby Allen that next week's going to be his funeral. Man, I tell you what, match of the night. Um, it's no secret I'm a huge Dustin Rhodes fan, man. I, I can tell you right now, back when I was six or seven years old, the very first match I ever watched was WCW Saturday night, and it was Dustin Rhodes versus beautiful Bobby Eaton, and it got me hooked. I love the fact that Dustin Rhodes was in the main event, and this hangman Adam Page Man, when they were together, uh, Hangman reminded me so much of Barry Windham. It wasn't even funny. And even the commentators brought it up. Um, I cannot say enough great about this match. I think having everybody uh, fill the ring up afterwards was probably a little bit much. Um, I liked the fact that Cody came out. Um, Darby Allen again. Take him or leave him. I'm not a huge, huge fan. Um, I don't know that he's main event level yet. But the fact that somebody in the back believes in him enough and pushes him enough to where he can come out in the main and make a statement like that with his uh, skateboard, um, you know, that, that at least gives me comfort in knowing that somebody's pushing him. Um, but the match itself, man, I, I, I've watched it twice. I loved it. I, had a, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm a huge Dustin Rhodes fan, too. I kind of, part of me kind of wishes he would ditch the half makeup and, and body suit. I, I hate it. I hate the yeah, makeup. I, I do. I, I, 
you know, you kind of want to see them get get away from the gold dust thing, and it's just too too close to the, to the gold dust gimmick. When they when was he half came out, when he came out, and the ring announcer introduced him, and maybe he did it uh, at one of the pay per views, and I just didn't catch it. But when he came out, he said, uh, "They call him the Natural, Dustin Rhodes." Man, they call I, him the natural. That exactly. The the little kid inside me started singing that song, and I popped, and I just I loved it. Well, they call him the natural. Natural as can be. Yeah, they call him the natural. natural. It just comes naturally. But I'm like you. I kind of wish he would have go back, especially with Hangman Adam Page. You know, dressed in the in the chaps and the stuff, just like Barry Windham used to, just like yeah. Dustin used to. If he would wipe that paint off his face, kind of get back to to where he originated at, for me anyway, that would be huge. I think that'd be awesome. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. On over to NXT Cruiserweight Championship match, Leo Rush defeats Drew Gulak to become the new NXT Cruiserweight Champion. So it's official. It's no longer the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. It's now the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And Leo Rush is now the champion. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a Leo Rush fan either. Uh, you know, he was a he was a good mouthpiece for Lashley, who has you know Lashley has a great look, but he can't talk worth anything. And Leo was just annoying enough to help Lashley be a heel. Um, but as far as a singles comp- competitor, um, ah, man, I'm just I'm not into it. I like Actually, the cruiserweight. Really- I like the the NXT cruiserweight championship. I'll agree there, but. I really like Drew Gulak, and hopefully this is a sign of them maybe moving him on to bigger and better things. And let's be honest, he looks a little heavier than 205. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley over Aaliyah, or Aaliyah, I'm not sure who that was. Uh, Rhea, though, man, she she's a, an up-and-coming star. She's, she's going to be elevated pretty quickly. Uh, and she wants a piece of Shayna Baszler, who, you know, I think – Baszler is everything that WWE was hoping Ronda Rousey would be. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Uh, why is she still in NXT? Um, I, I don't know. I honestly think if NXT wouldn't have started or had planned on starting their weekly TV show, I think she'd be on Raw or SmackDown now. She deserves to be. Forgotten Sons and Defeat Brizongo. Man, I, I hate what they've done with Brizongo. Um, you know, Tyler Breeze and Fandango, both are talented guys. When they went back to NXT, I was really hoping they'd get a chance that they didn't get on, quote, the main roster. But then they bring them out the other night dressed up like construction workers, and I thought, what in the world are they doing with these guys? And then they, they get, get beat by the Forgotten Sons. You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, you know, I took notes, and I was kind of reading over them, and, and I've got Brazingo, and I, it says why, and a bunch yep. of question marks. And, you know, Fandango, even, he uh, – I remember when uh, ESPN covered it at a sports show. It may have been a basketball game or something. I can't remember off the top of my head. But people were doing the little Fandango dance, you know, with, uh, with the fingers going up in the yeah. air to the music and the da-da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, you know, how he went from just being over with the crowd to, you know, on NXT. And that goes back to the booking. It, it makes no sense to me. Cameron Grimes, formerly known as Trevor Lee in Impact, and goes over Boa uh, with a jumping double stomp. This is like the second or third time he's came out on NXT and, you know, squashed his opponent in less than 10 seconds. I kind of dig this uh, this Southern rock gimmick he's he's doing. He looks like Leonard Skinner coming out, kind of shades of the Freebirds. 
I agree, man. I think it's great. It's uh, it's great that they're letting them have a little bit of uh, of leeway, whether it's his idea or somebody else's. Somebody has enough leeway to give it to him and and have him make it work. You can tell the gimmick itself isn't just something that they said here. You don't have a choice. This is what you're going to do. He's enjoying it, and I think that's why it's working so well for him. Killian Dane then shows up and attacks Boa some more for no reason. Uh, you know, I like Killian Dane, but I, this really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Just, just I guess, just to get him out on TV. Uh, NXT North American Championship match: Roderick Strong beats Isaiah Swerve Scott by submission with Stronghold. Undisputed Era comes out, uh, interrupted by Velveteen Dream, who showed a picture of Strong naked with a little bitty, small, blurred-out spot where his junk's supposed to be. Uh, Dream then challenges uh, Strong for the title in a couple weeks. Tommaso Ciampa then comes out and uh, he tells Goldie that daddy's home. You know, that uh, it surprises me that they went that route uh, with the picture and then uh, kind of some of the wording. You, you got to ask, you got to ask Stephen E if they got his permission to show his, his body <laughs> on NXT. Yeah, I'll ask him it. Uh, but you know, with this whole, uh, the PG era thing that they're doing, and I understand they're getting away with a little bit more. Um, that it surprises me that they're letting that much go. You know, I think back to uh, like Val Venus. Hello, ladies. You know, back uh, yeah. when they did the whole, they were going to Ch- chop, chop his chop man. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the lights went out. And I think, man, that was that was big back then. And uh, now you've got uh, the insinuation of the, of the male genitalia. I guess is the proper way to put it. Um, it, it, it's weird for me to see them actually have a picture that focuses <laughs> on that. You know, we talked about how Jericho's promo was so good uh, on uh, AEW because we felt it was unscripted. I like Velveteen Dream. He's very talented in the ring, but you could tell this promo was, was very scripted and it just didn't come off as organic. <clears throat> no, and he, uh, you know, I've seen him in, on an indie show one time. And, uh, and he's always been one of those guys that's great on the mic. He uh, his character, he lives his character, and and he is just a great, great talker. And I and again, I don't know why WWE just censors them and makes them go off a script. They're, I don't care how good of an actor you are, nobody's going to be able to read a script as good as they can talk from the heart and make things work. And uh, he's one of those guys that that uh, you know that I believe they're just holding back. Good to see Tomasa Ciampa back. You know, he was an excellent heel a year or two ago, but the second he got injured and they started showing those vignettes and of him, his daughter crying and kissing his kid, you knew as soon as he got back that he couldn't be a heel. Uh, he, he won too many people over at that moment, and right now he's super over as a face. I don't know how long that's going to go, but he's definitely not a heel at this moment. No, and you know that's one of those things that uh, that WWE actually actually did good. Um, I like it. I like watching whenever the fans actually turn uh, the person from either a heel to a face or a face to a heel. And WWE actually pushed this guy and made him a face by showing them vignettes, and it worked. And I hope he pushes, keeps pushing with it, and I hope he sticks with it. I was going to say when the time comes for him to switch back to a heel. I hope they do it in an epic manner to where everybody just just feeds off of it. Yeah, and I wish they would listen to the fans when it comes to Seth Rollins because there's been force feeding him down as a baby face for a year or so, and people can't stand him because of that reason. I think if Man. they turned him, turned him heel, it'd be a different story. 
You know, that and yeah, and man, the thing, same thing goes back to Cena. Every fan back when Cena was, you know, just, just last year, everybody wanted to see Cena as a, as a heel. They wanted to see what he could do. They were booing him. And I guarantee you, if Cena would have ever walked out and just turned heel in the middle of the ring on a Monday night or a pay-per-view or whatever, he'd have been more over than he ever was. That's what the people wanted. So give them what they want. Give me what I want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it for years. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give it to me. Give me what I want. I I understand that he did the Make-A-Wish Foundation and, and he did more than anybody, but you can't just keep pushing people as a face or a heel like Baron Corbin. My testicles are perfectly adequate. You can't just keep pushing them down people's throat and expect them to like them. It, it doesn't happen. You've got guys like Rusev out there who I'm a huge Rusev fan, and I'd love to see him just get a huge, huge push and be over. And the, and, uh, the fans love Rusev. You know, he had that Rusev day going. Everybody was getting into it. That was their chance to really capitalize on Rusev. And what they do, they threw him to the side. Uh, just It's WWE creative, man. It's, it's just horrible. Bianca Belair then uh, defeats Dakota Kai afterwards. Uh, Belair tells Rhea Ripley if she wants Shayna Baszler, she's going to have to go through her first. Main event, we see uh, Biff versus Marty McFly, a.k.a. Walter versus <laughs> Kushida. Walter hits a powerbomb, then a ripcord. Lariat to take, uh, take out Kushida for the win. Imperium comes out and ends the show. So, uh, of course, we both agree NWA uh, power was awesome, but uh, Wednesday night, which did you prefer? Did you like AEW or did you like NXT best? Man, I'm I'm with AEW. I love what they're doing. I, I got to agree. Uh, again, some of the actual in-ring work, some of the wrestling on the NXT is probably a little more polished, a little bit better. But AEW – I don't know, man. It's just got it's got that nitro feel. It's got that nostalgia, and I, they've I got know. all the they've got all the right people in the right places right now with AEW. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho is an epic heel, and, and the thing, and well, and to be honest, he was an epic face when he was a face, but he is, you know, the La Champion or however he says it. <laughs> he is he is nailing that with AEW, and like I said, the the unscripted promos, the stuff, the fact that you've got. You've got wrestling. You've got wrestlers in there wrestling. I love it. I, I just absolutely love it. And I think, you know, they uh, Triple H commented or tweeted or whatever they do now about uh, about last week whenever AEW beat NXT, and he's like, "Yeah, this isn't a, you know a one night show or one night stand. This is a marathon." Man, I got news for him. I really think AEW is going to give them a run for their money. I read just before we recorded this, AEW beat them in the ratings again two weeks in a row. We may see another 83 weeks. Yeah, uh, you know, that's very possible. I was actually uh, – you mentioned that. I've, I've been trying to find it to find out what the numbers are. But, uh, I, you know, I think – so it, So WWE had NXT, and they were doing it online and, and on uh, uh, the, the, network. Uh, the network. Yeah, and so I, I think that's where it probably should have stayed. I think them putting NXT up against AEW may have been a mistake because people are going to see – the raw wrestling, the actual guys out there that enjoy what they're doing and, and that have free reign and just an unlimited amount of talent, I think they're going to see that, that people are going to enjoy that more than they are in XT and, you know, six, eight months from now, maybe even more than Raw. Yeah, I worry that Vince is going to get tired of seeing 
one of his projects losing in the ratings to another uh, wrestling promotion, and then he's going to start getting hands on. And I, I got to say, with with the stuff with Roddy Strong, the, the nude photo, and then the, the Velveteen Dream promo, they're already starting to throw a little more entertainment in with the the actual wrestling. We didn't really see that months ago when it was just a network exclusive, when it was just a wrestling promotion. Right. I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, that, in my opinion, the entertainment acts, uh, the entertainment part of it actually has taken away, away from everything for me. Uh, you know, when we had the 83 weeks, when we had the Monday night wars, I was always a WCW guy. You had them guys up until Vince Russo came into play. You had them guys out there working, wrestling. You just had good storylines that they told in the ring. You had your Dean Malenko's, your Chris Benoit's, your uh, Ray Mysterio Jr.'s. You had all them guys out there working. And then you had all, you know, you switch over to, to Monday Night Raw and you had, you know, Sable topless and and stuff that, uh, you know, the teenage, teenager in me loved to see. But the wrestling yeah. fan in me wanted to watch Nitro. And I think Vin, if Vince gets his hands on NXT, I agree. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more entertainment. And for me, that's going to take it away even more than AEW has already taken away from. Yeah, and I think that's why I enjoyed NWA so much Tuesday night and AEW Wednesday night is because we didn't see Rusev, I'm sorry, involved in a weird threesome love triangle. We didn't see somebody trying to run over Roman Reigns in the background. We saw wrestling. We saw matches that told the stories. We didn't see a bunch of the soap opera stuff. No, and that's you know, and that's one thing that that I love about NWA. I love that it's just that old school, uh, you know. And that, well, for instance, uh, ring music. You know, I, I didn't even notice it the first go around, but there's no ring music nope. for anybody. They walk out out of the curtain. They uh, they have their match, and then they cut a promo real quick. And, uh, you know, that's just how it was done back in the day. And, you know, that brings me back to, you know, watching uh, Arn, Tully, Flair, all, you know, the horsemen out there and how they used to cut their promos with Dusty. And Because it's the first time, baby. Listen to me now. It's the first time it's been done with soul. You understand? And uh, just had that old school, just that heart feeling. And uh, and I enjoyed it. it. I, I think they're going to have a hard time with the with the newer generation getting into it. But I really enjoyed it. Some of the greatest promos of all time was done studio wrestling in front of you know three or four hundred people like that. Go back and look up some of Flair's promos, some of Dusty's promos, some of the greatest. That was studio wrestling, not not in front of all the lights and pyro and fifteen sixteen thousand people. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's where wrestling was born. That's how wrestling was made. That's how Ric Flair was made. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, I'm the man. That was all, you know, unscripted, just came from it. That's what makes Flair the great, great uh, entertainer, wrestler that he is, is, you know, he worked hard back in the day to get to where he's at. And he nailed it. And that's just how things were done. And I do real quick want to throw in that Tony Schiavone did a lot of those. Uh, yeah. interviews and i will say watching aew man listening to tony shivani uh on color commentary really brought back some memories really really enjoyed it now you mentioned rusev earlier kind of uh, uh get off track here he they're, they're doing stupid stuff with him now trying to get him over they didn't have to he was already over you know there's so many different things they could do besides what they're doing right now 
Oh man, the Royal Rumble, I can't remember which one it was, but they threw Rusev out of the ring, like in, in between the middle rope or whatever. And Roman Reigns was the last one standing in there. And, you know, there went Roman Reigns be this huge face. And the crowd is chanting for Rusev. You know, Rusev, Rusev. Why? Because Rusev's not eliminated yet. If they would have called an audible somehow and got Rusev in there and thrown Reigns over, man, everybody would have went home happy. People would have watched. Their viewership would have went up. But like we've talked about them shoving people down their throat, he eliminated Rusev. We got Reigns shoved down our fa- uh, shoved down our throats. You know, and like I said, with Rusev Day, man, Rusev Day was over. They had every opportunity in the world to push Rusev and get him to the top, and they yeah, and, they didn't they didn't take it. And, and that was organic. It's something that was said, and it just took the fans took it and ran with it. And it exactly, the fans over. made him. Yep, the fans made him. And uh, WWE should have backed off and just went with it and let the let the fans make them. Fans made Austin. Yep. You know. Well, we got the draft coming up this Friday. Hopefully, I'm glad to see the stupid wild card coming to an end. I'm glad to see at least they're going to have two different rosters. But uh, the way they're doing this, it's like USA versus Fox instead of Raw versus SmackDown. So that's interesting how they were going about this draft. I'm really pleased with uh, with Fox. Um, I will say that much. I like how Fox has really pushed it to be more of a more of a sport than right. uh, than entertainment. So I was really happy to see that, and and frankly, I'd kind of like to see the two, um, maybe not brands, but the the two different networks, fight it out and see who can get it. And you know, Fox keeps playing their cards right. I really think SmackDown's going to end up having better ratings. Yeah, I, I kind of wish. Of course, I we'll, we'll briefly touch on Hell in a Cell. I really don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that dumpster fire, but oh, they man. probably probably should have done the draft <laughs> during that just to pique some more interest and make it feel like it's more important than what it has been the past few years, you know, make it a big deal. Yeah, I agree. The, the yeah, dumpster fire, you nailed it. The, the, even the draft itself uh, of late, the last time they did a draft, it just didn't really get a lot of people's attention. And I think, uh, I think making it a huge, huge event in the middle of the pay-per-view, I think what I agree would have helped. Another thing, uh, you know, a couple of, I wish they would leave the champions alone, make them exempt from the draft. I mean, it, it's all going to watch. They're not going to draft the SmackDown champion to Raw and vice versa. Something's going to happen where those belts get back to where they're supposed to be, or they're either going to swap the Intercontinental champion and the U.S. champion to each show. Just leave the cha- leave the champions where they're at and then bring talent to them. That's just Absolutely. my opinion. And tag, team, tag teams, leave tag teams alone. Why, why do you want to split that up? That's kind of stupid. Well, yeah, you know, you look at look at the new day, and I don't want to take anything away from those three guys. Those three guys are talented in their in their own way, but they would have never made the money that they've made if had it would not if they not became the new day, you know. And that's you look at these these lotteries, and now all of a sudden you have a chance of co- of uh, of uh, the new day getting split up, and it it just doesn't make any sense when you got guys that are that are hot. You got tag teams, the OC, um, all them guys. Don't split them up. Keep them together. That that's where your money's at. But I'm sure. I, I mean, just going off WWE creative, I'm sure they're somebody's gonna get split up. And it's just gonna gonna be horrible. One tag team that wouldn't surprise me split up is the Hardys. You know, Jeff Hardy arrested for DWI again uh, last week. It's well, I don't know. I don't know how they. I don't understand how they they've held on to him for as long as they have. 
you know, as a human being, I'm sure he's a great human being, but he's got a lot of demons he's fighting. He needs help. And, and the WWE is big on that. You know, they, they would offer the help if he take it. Uh, I, I don't know how much, how much they're going to hang on before he starts becoming a liability. Uh, liability Edge, who retired years ago due to a neck injury, rumored innuendo, as Conrad Thompson would say, might be coming back, uh, possibly been cleared and looking to either make another run or at least come back for one more match. That's great and all, but uh, you mentioned liability. What's going to happen if he gets his neck broke? That's it, man. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a mark, I guess, when it comes for the one more matches. I'd love yeah. to see guys come back for one more match. And if Edge wants to do it for one more match, great. But with the neck injury, you know, that's, that's one of the most, most severe injuries you can get. And, you know, my question, you know, would be why? Why risk it? You know, yeah. I, I appreciate that he wants to do it for the fans or maybe he wants to do it because he has something to show for himself. But, you know, your overall health is what's important. And you take sometimes, I cringe, golf, sometimes I cringe when Daniel Bryan wrestles to this day because I know his, you know, that was a scary ordeal. Oh, absolutely. You know, look at Sting. You know, I, I was a huge, huge Sting fan. Still am. But, uh, you know, if he was to step back in the ring right now, I don't know if I could watch it. I'd be scared to death for that man. And, Hogan, uh, he, Hogan wants the final match, so you, you can have that one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know. <sighs> you know, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the Hogan Flair segment. I enjoyed listening to them. But, uh, man, you know, I, I, it's not something I want to see right now. Not, not at their age, not at their abilities. Um, you know, I'll get on the network and watch, you know, bash at the beach 95 or whatever, if I want to see it, uh, Friday, big WWE, uh, announcement. I expect it to be Lesnar versus Velasquez and Strowman versus Tyson Fury, probably at, uh, crown jewel or whatever the Saudi Arabia event's going to be. And in one way it would be nice that they built this up for WrestleMania, but in another way, if people don't care about this match, then put it on the Saudi card because nobody cares about that card anyway. It'd be a good way for them to get this, get these matches out of the way, and get their payday and move on. I agree. I think the, I think, I think they are going to call it Crown Jewel. I think that's the best place to put this type of stuff. Um, I, personally, I'm not a fan of seeing Tyson Fury and, and Kane Vasquez in there. Um, I think they've got too much talent in the WWE right now to be worried about bringing in outside guys. Um, personal opinion, of course, but uh, you know if they're going to do it, do it in Saudi Arabia. Let them get their payday. And you know, politely tell them to have a nice day, and let's get back to get back to what talent they actually have out there that they're just not using. Uh, big event this weekend: CWA. Arn Anderson going to be there. Buff Bagwell versus Matt Riviere, the Lover Boy. Elijah Burke versus Barrett Brown. Cowboy Bob Orton going to be there. Tim Storm versus Greg Anthony. Boyd Bradford's going to be there. I believe uh, Space Cowboy Jason Jones going to be down there. Pretty cool event. If you all are near Hot Springs, Arkansas, go check it out. Uh, a lot of these guys you know, you've seen. And uh, actually, we got to see them over the weekend, uh, MSW event. What would you think about that? Man, I had a great time there. Uh, you know, I, I, I started my, my little career with MSW back in 2009. And, uh, and I did a lot, of, uh, a lot of refereeing, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I haven't been there in a while. And so when I went back this time, it was good because, uh, you know, I took my kids, they got to watch it and I got to help out backstage and see all the guys that I haven't seen in so long. And it was really kind of a heartfelt welcome, giving everybody a hug, high five and saying hi. 
but I also got to be, you know, a fan again and go sit out in the crowd and watch it. And man, it is just unbelievable the amount of talent that Mid-States Wrestling has right now. It was a, it was an awesome show. Um, you know, the, the, the final match, the surprise match to Space Cowboy, um, that, that was great. It brought back memories for me. So I really enjoyed seeing those guys, guys work in the ring together again. Yeah, you said you took your kids. I took mine as well, man. I've, I've had chances to take them to various indie shows, WWE shows, whatever. I took them to this one. They loved it. It was good to see, you know, Space Cowboy, Jason Jones, uh, Mr. Saturday Night, Michael Berry. Iceman was there from uh, Kansas City. Niles Plonkay. If you haven't had a chance to see Plonkay, you guys need to check his stuff out on YouTube or wherever you can find it. Uh, Miranda Gordy was there. Dustin Heritage made his return. Johnny Lightning finally got his victory front of his hometown crowd, uh, Jimmy Fiasco, Joy Corman, Gary Graham, Bennett James, Alan Jefferson. Uh, you mentioned backstage, uh, Kendall Hayes always does a great job. And then uh, Stephen E., the manager of champions. Good to see him. Man, I'll tell you what, Stephen, uh, a lot of people don't know it, but Stephen, Stephen's one of my best friends in the entire world. And uh, to see him go out there and become trans, trans transformed from – you know, Stephen to Stephen E is just unbelievable. That guy, you know, back back 20 years ago, man, back when there was territories, I think he actually could have been a great mouthpiece. He uh, He's kind of like the, you know, the Bobby Heenan of, of mid-states. He is just – he's awesome on the mic. He uh, he says stuff. He, he ad-libs everything, and it just comes together perfectly. And uh, he just – it fits his persona. Hey, yo, it's – Time. Did a couple of surveys and polls uh, asked which uh, which everybody enjoyed the most, AEW or NXT. Twitter, 67% said AEW, NXT, 33%. Facebook, 81% AEW, 19% NXT. Again, I, I probably agree with our uh, audience on that one. Asked what they oh, thought yeah. of NWA, NWA Power. 81% on Twitter said it was good. 9% fair, 6% average, 4% poor. I don't know who would have gave it a poor rating, but, again, I thought it was phenomenal. Facebook, 90% gave it a thumbs up and only 10% of thumbs down. Awesome. Uh, and I think I think the poor rating and the thumbs down, like I said, probably goes back to the newer generation. Right. Um, but I'm very pleased that, that 90% gave it a thumbs up or, or a good rating. Um, that that That's just awesome because, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. At Sports Art, it's good to have a show like this on. I loved it. At Jordan J. Garber, cornerstone of he said this cornerstone of wrestling. At Morph, I'm sorry, Morrison's prof said, I like it a lot. It took me back to my childhood. It made me it may not be everyone's cup of tea simply because the style is so different from the modern shows, but I'd recommend that people check it out. Uh, at OTR King Ty said, I'm hooked on this AW NWA look. That's old school, basic down to earth wrestling vibe. Agree with all those guys. Even The Rock gave a shout out on Twitter. Said, "Cool vintage feel. Keep keep working hard, boys." I saw Again, that. Man, I saw where you posted that, and then I think that's really cool for The Rock to be able to say something like that. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, even if you are a younger fan, uh, just give it a chance. Uh, it's it's different and it's unique, and, and that's really what you need right now. Who wants the same old stuff? Just check it out. Uh, again, it's it's vintage and uh, nostalgic for us, but new and different for for new reviewers. Well, it's good because the newer generation, they can kind of see the foundation on what wrestling was actually built on. The good. The bad. 
the ugly. Good, bad, and ugly. My good was probably the in, the debut of NWA Power. I'll agree. Um, I you know personally, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed AEW a little bit more. They're they're probably going to be my good for the for the vote. Um, Chris Jericho's promo and everything. I just I I, I loved NWA. Don't get me wrong, but AEW is really just where I'm feeling it right now. My bad again. That's how they're doing Breezango, Breezango, whatever you want to call them. Again, so talented, Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I think they're just too talented to to just tool them around the way they have been. Uh, You know, I agree. I I don't think I can throw just WWE booking in there as my bad this week, but uh, in general. But uh, I agree. Breezango, man, it's just – it's a shame. I I will agree 100% with what you said. My ugly, I'm going to say Raw and Hell in a Cell. Raw was basically a throwaway show. Uh, and that's really what it was. There's not much you can do until the draft because you can't start any feuds because these people may not be on the same show next week as they was this week. Uh, Hell in a Cell, that thing was just thrown together last minute. The day of the show, there was only three or four matches that was announced, so they kind of anything else had to have been put together last minute. Uh, how they ended that, it didn't do any favors whatsoever to help Seth Rollins out. I don't know, man. That's, that's just my ugly of the week is – Raw and Hell in a Cell. I, I definitely agree, especially with I definitely agree, especially with Hell in a Cell. Um, you know, Hell in a Cell, they've they've got Bray Wyatt right now in the fiend. They could be capitalizing so much on that. And uh and the finish did not do anything for him or for Seth Rollins, like you said. And it, it was just I mean, it was garbage. You know, the ref, I can't think of his name, he since came out and kind of made a little statement about how he stopped the match because he was, you know, scared of the safety. Man, to me, they're kind of throwing that guy under the bus. Oh, absolutely. You, absolutely. You, you've been a ref before. Uh, can you imagine? Uh, that poor guy was catching all the heat anyway that night. You know, yeah, then that's, the, that's what I don't – I mean, it goes back to the creative. You know, how do you have a Hell in a Cell match and book it to end in a in a disqualification. Well, that, well, I think they've since I think they've since tried to change that to a uh, no contest because it, they changed it. They were afraid of the fiend's safety. Well, if you're going to do that, they should have done it the other way around. They should have been worried about Seth Rollins' safety because you're trying to build the fiend up to be a, a monster. Yeah, he's you know he's this guy out of a horror movie, you know the demon or whatever, and supposed to be this big evil guy. And I agree. If you're worried about it, you know, on Raw the week before, they've got uh, they've got Rollins in the corner, you know, all but sucking his thumb and crying because the fiend's <laughs> in his face. <laughs> and now they're worried about the fiend's health. Come on, man! I didn't see them stopping the match when uh, Undertaker threw Mankind off the top of the cell and then or threw it. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Anyway, I think that really, really hurt the whole concept of Hell in a Cell. I wish they would have. Find any other way to end it, but that was a pretty weak way. It's a pretty lazy way to end that. It's going to be hard to come back from. I really think it's going to be hard to come back from. Well, man, you got anything else? Uh, that's that's pretty much it, man. I've looked over my notes, and uh, and I think that's all I've got. I, I do want to say that I appreciate it, and I had a blast doing this. I hope to be able to do it again, and uh, and just thank you. Absolutely, man. Uh, that about wraps it up. Thanks again, Chapman, for joining us. Guys, check us out. We're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, 
you name it, we're there. Follow us on Twitter at the Slop Drop One. We're on the Facebook at Slop Drop. Share us, like us, keep spreading the word. We appreciate you guys listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Goodbye and good night. One, two, three.